Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today, as always. I am Boyd Matheson. And as we round out the program today, I want to go back to one of the conversations we had uh, earlier this hour. And uh, just some really fascinating research coming out uh, from the Faith and Media Initiative. Uh, this is a new coalition that formally launched on the sidelines of the UN General Assembly. And they they began by going through some some really groundbreaking data, uh, data from Harris X, and uh, talked about some of the, the initiatives in terms of how faith is covered in the media. And one of the things that I really appreciated is this was not a media is bad, media is evil, media is awful, uh, nor was it a faith is bad, faith is crazy, people are awful. Uh, it was really this idea of understanding and that there is a hunger and there's a need around the world, not just here in the United States, uh, to have a different kind of conversation and to, con- to include faith perspectives uh, in much of what we do during the day. And one of the things that came out uh, in the study and in the report uh, was just how people perceive that. Uh, of course, we know that uh, most people around the world have some connection to faith. Uh, and they do want to see themselves reflected in the media that they're consuming. Uh, they they want coverage of that. Uh, the survey found that uh, over 56% globally want more coverage of complex religious issues. Uh, they also pointed out that uh, the media is a place where a variety of viewpoints, perspectives, and personalities should be featured. Uh, and this whole idea of you should be able to see yourself reflected, uh, both in people like yourself and in others who may be very different, but who share values and priorities. So when we talk about faith in the public square, uh, obviously it is uh, under attack in some areas of the world, far greater than it is here in the United States. Uh, one of the interesting things from, from the data uh, was that far too often media coverage of people of faith uh, reinforces stereotypes rather than creating understanding. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.
Uh, likewise, uh, they pointed out that it is crucial for people of faith and faith organizations and institutions uh, need to be more open and more communicative in, in terms of engaging with the media. And so I love that this new group is really going to fo- focus on bringing these groups together to create that understanding so that there is that respect, so that there is that way uh, to actually have the conversation about really important things. Uh, we had uh, joining us on the program uh, Brooke Zog, who's the vice president for the Faith and Media Initiative. And Brooke provided some, some wonderful insight into some of the reasons why faith doesn't always get covered or institutions of faith don't get covered or covered properly uh, in media. And one of those was just simply the fear uh, in many newsrooms and many media organizations around the world, the fear of getting it wrong. And so far better not to include it than to run the risk of if you're really afraid, I'm not sure I'm getting this right or I'm not getting this nuance in terms of this particular faith group's perspective or belief. Uh, getting it wrong is is worse, and so often they don't do it at all. So providing resources, having meetings and trainings and workshops uh, for that to happen I, I think is so important in our media landscape and, and in that important interaction uh, also, we have to make sure that we, we're getting information from diverse sources and that we're hiring in a diverse way uh, so that we can have those perspectives uh, across the faith spectrum, across the political spectrum, uh, across the lived experience spectrum. And so getting to those is, is so vital, I think, uh, in our world today uh, so that we can break down the stereotypes, that we can break down those bridges of or those walls of misunderstanding, create bridges of understanding, especially as it relates to faith in the public square. And it's one of those things that I have thought about uh, for a long time. A number of years ago, uh, I interacted uh, with Salesforce.com. Uh, many people are familiar with that organization. They're based out of Silicon Valley in, in California. And they actually view faith as a dimension of diversity in their organization. Uh, And I found that uh, very refreshing and very inspiring. Uh, There aren't a lot of organizations that have made that leap to recognize faith as a dimension of diversity. Uh, So to give you an example from Salesforce, of course, they're a, a leading provider of customer relationship management systems. Uh, They have all kinds of diversity programs, uh, ranging from their Latino community, LGBTQ community, Asian groups, veterans groups, women's groups, uh, those with unique abilities within their disabilities. And inside of Salesforce, the way they approach this is as a force. So they have ability force, Latino force, out force, and so on. And a few years ago, they added another component called Faith Force. And they actually described Faith Force in their organization as we acknowledge, celebrate, and foster understanding of our global faith and religious diversity across Salesforce with the goal of inclusion and empowering our employees to bring their authentic selves to work. Faith Force is open to all people of faith and allies who wish to learn about the different traditions that are integrated into our global communities. Uh, They started this back in 2017, 
Uh, they now have seven regional hubs and are growing across all of the different offices there within the Salesforce organization. And uh, it's so interesting to to see an organization go after that. And so as we were talking about the uh, Faith and Media Initiative today, uh, it made me reflect on, on my experience uh, with Salesforce and uh, Sue Warnicke, who is the Director of Infrastructure Documentation at Salesforce. She's part of the Faith Force group uh, and just such a great example of how do you bring your whole authentic self to work? Uh, how do you stay curious about your colleagues and those around you? And I think the same is true when it comes to the media that we consume and how we interact. And I want to go back again to, to something that Brooke Zog, who's the Vice President for the Faith and Media Initiative, that she talked about these shared responsibilities that people of faith have the responsibility to share their lived experience and to be open and honest about that in the public square. And members of the media also have a responsibility to lean in, to learn, uh, to take advantage of resources that will create those bridges of understanding. And to me, that's a great model. That is a great model in terms of what we should be doing because when we value Faith in the workplace, when we value faith in our community space. Uh, I love what's happening out at the construction of the new uh, Lao Community uh, Buddhist Temple uh, out in West Valley. That's an exciting thing. We all should lean into that and learn from that uh, because there's a lot for us to learn from one another. But we can't do that if we just stay in our own little bubbles. We have to, to break down the barriers. We have to be bridge builders. Uh, that's the big test for all of us. Well, that'll wrap up the show for us today here on Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. And as you go out into the world, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something today that'll make a difference. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.